Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, girl? Grab my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. On this channel, we are sophisticated, worldly people, and as such, it takes a lot to impress us. Oh my god, that cloud looks like a dog! Are you, are you seeing this? This is the Press Box. Being out there against the Nets, I realized that basketball is an impossible sport played by giants and gods. With Grainy and Bischoff. Tweet it, talk it, put it in your pocket. I've made a flimsy take and I'm proud of it. On ESPN Las Vegas. Shout out to a similar time in America when I'm all of us were captivated word. by the California Raisins. Oh. I don't think the open was done yet. Oh, jeez. That's my bad, Jared. I'm sorry. That's sorry. all right. I, I don't think that open's making the rotation. It's a Thursday. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me talking early. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it did. I'm very nervous. I'm already on Wordle today. Is it panic again? <laughs> no, but it's got an R and a D, but they're in the wrong place. <laughs> Oh, well, what are you going to do? Ready. What are you going to do? Uh, there's a T in it. Okay, that's not ready. No. <laughs> we'll figure it out by the end of the show. There we that's go. That's the goal. Sorry, Jared. Go ahead. I... The first bite. The first bite today is brought to you by a water bottle. Will Mark Davis offer the Raiders job to Jim Harbaugh? Will Mark Davis or his new GM offer the job to Jim Harbaugh? I don't know. What Does if he, he hires Jim Harbaugh as the GM and then Jim Harbaugh's like, I'm going to hire I'm a coach myself. Yeah. Be great. So Bruce Feldman reported yesterday, multiple sources inside Michigan football told the athletic this week that they think if Harbaugh is offered the Raiders head coaching job, he'd take it. Do you think that means Jim Harbaugh has told people inside Michigan football that he will take the Raiders job? Uh, I think Bruce Feldman does a really good job, and I would think his sources would be inside the university and inside the department, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's how it goes, that Jim Harbaugh said, well, if they call, I'll be really interested. I started my coaching career there, and I want to get back to the NFL. Yeah, I think. I I don't know where Bruce—I would think Bruce Feldman's getting his stuff from inside the organization or inside the university. Or maybe it's— Maybe it's Jim Harbaugh. Maybe it's Harbaugh. Could be Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) Which would be funny. Uh, Which— if we take it as truth, as simply, hey, yeah, Harbaugh's going to take the Raiders' job if offered the Raiders' job, the question becomes, does Mark Davis offer Jim Harbaugh the job? Now, as far as we know, he hasn't interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he's interviewed Gerard Mayo, the Patriots linebackers coach, and he's interviewed Rich Basaccia yesterday. And that's it for the head coaching position. Um, but it is, again, interesting, like we talked about yesterday, the timing of this and because he's hiring a GM and a coach, who does he hire first and who has more power? I, I assume if you're hiring Jim Harbaugh, he's going to be the one that has more power there. So I, I'm curious to see now Vic Tafer wrote yesterday about Jim Harbaugh and um, the Raiders. And one of the interesting things that he wrote was people love to compare Harbaugh to Gruden. But maybe for as much as Mark Davis loved John Gruden, Davis realizes he gave him too much power. Do you believe Mark Davis is like retrospective enough to sit back and say, you know what? That contract I gave John Gruden was a mistake. That power I gave John Gruden was a mistake. I'm not going to do that again with Jim Harbaugh. 
It's a great question. I think he loves, I don't think he loves Jim Harbaugh like he does Gruden, but I think he, as we talked yesterday, I think he loves splashy big names. And there's no bigger name. We've talked about, look, we keep throwing Tomlin out there. I don't think Tomlin's going to go anywhere. So Jim Harbaugh, I think, is actually a realistic uh, choice. The other part of that question is, did he basically learn from, hey, I gave John Gruden too much power? I don't think Mark Davis looks at the John Gruden era as a failure. I don't think he looks at that and thinks, oh, wow, that that went wrong. Obviously, he resigned because of emails, but I don't think he looks at that and says that didn't work out. I think Mark Davis probably looks at it and says, yeah, in year three, his team was good enough to make the playoffs. Like, I think there's a level of it where Mark Davis probably doesn't view the John Gruden era as a complete failure. Like, oh, I did. I do. I, he could talk. Well, not talk himself into, but he can certainly say that's the team he built to right. make the playoffs. And so it's not hard to basically talk yourself into giving Jim Harbaugh the same exact scenario that John Gruden have had is, hey, here's, you know, 51 percent control of the decision making. The GM's irrelevant or you can hire whoever you want as a GM. And here's a 10 year contract and you're the coach for a long time. Like, I don't I don't see it being that hard for Mark Davis to talk himself into that. And being like, yeah, no. John Gruden was going to work out. If it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for those emails. John Gruden would have made the playoffs this year. I think that's easy for him to basically talk there. So, I'm I'm fascinated by this. The other angle, um, the Athletic had a story from uh, their Michigan beat writer. One person close to the situation in Michigan said Tuesday that the rumors could all be hypothetical leverage for Harbaugh's contract talks with the university. Uh, One well-placed NFL source was stronger calling a Harbaugh Raiders connection total noise. Now, if you remember Harbaugh, his salary got cut in half uh, during the pandemic. According to the athletic story, he was, quote, pissed when Michigan cut his salary in half. Um, So that's the other part of this. We have seen that a lot with UNLV basketball coaching searches where leverage is an important term for what guys are doing. Mick Cronin, hello. Uh, so that's another possibility in this too. The Jim Harbaugh might yeah. not have any interest whatsoever in the Raiders of the NFL and might simply be saying, listen, I got Michigan to the playoff. You guys better pay me like Mel Tucker just got 95 million over 10 years. Where's my big deal? I think every one of these things in these athletic stories could be true. Yeah. I think he could be in it. <laughs> I think he could take the job if offered. I think this could be leverage because he is a Michigan person and you know, that was one of his dream jobs. And if he could work it into a lot, a lot of more million dollars, a lot more million dollars because of what they did to his contract. I mean, I, I don't know which it is, but I think they're all plausible. Didn't Michigan just lose about 490 million. They did, but that's a couple football games, <laughs> different budget. Yeah. So I don't, well, I thought that was Michigan state. Oh, okay. I'll look I it up. It Michigan. Michigan State. Well, they've both had they've their both issues. Had let's issues. be honest. Yes. I think, but the I think the Larry Nasir uh, stuff might have been already paid off. Yeah. So it's University of Michigan, four hundred ninety million dollars. Would you like to tell people who don't know what they're paying four hundred ninety million dollars for? Robert Anderson abuse case. Yes. So. I okay. We sit here on January twentieth. Do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to be the next coach of the Raiders? No, no, no. I just think there's too many variables to come down to one person at this point. I think he's the next coach of the Raiders. Okay, I think that's what we're going to end up happening having here. I think Mark Davis ultimately can't help himself when he has the chance to land something big 
like now that's the one thing he's proven right he wants the huge name he wants the splash yeah i don't think he can help himself i mean again he hired john gruden and he fired the guy who took him to the playoffs like 12 months before that like jack del rio got fired within 12 months of making the playoffs right and then he had a basketball coach in Bill Lambeer, a really good, like one of the most successful WNBA head coaches of all time. And he said, you know what I want instead? Becky Hammond. Like yeah. he's very much chasing the big name. And I, I think that's what this is going to come down to. I don't, I think we might have more of a process. Uh, Ian Rappaport, he had a report yesterday that was basically pointing that out, being like, listen, when John Gruden got hired, Mark Davis did some interviews that weren't really interviews, and no. then he hired John Gruden. Right. Like, he interviewed some people to, you know, go make through it look the process. Like, make it look like he went through the Rooney process. But he was hiring John Gruden the entire time. Ian Rappaport laid it out. He was basically like, this is a real search this time. Like, he's actually going to interview people. This is ac- an actual search that goes on here. I think that's probably true, but I still think we end up with Jim Harbaugh. Okay. I think we'll have some more coaching interviews, most most likely. And then it'll be Jim Harbaugh's hired as the Raiders head coach. I just think well, that's the most likely scenario here. Then do you think he gives them full power? Yeah, I think so. I think we're... Even with a GM. There'll be a GM. Yeah. He'll hire a GM. Yeah, and I think it could be a situation just like Gruden where Harbaugh effectively picks the GM, where Harbaugh effectively decides, yeah, I want to work with that guy as my general manager. I think that's a strong possibility of happening it's just it that to me seems like the most likely outcome from everything we know about mark davis right like him hiring a coordinator him hiring gerard mayo the patriots linebackers coach that doesn't sound like something that mark davis would do. no it just doesn't seem like something mark davis he's going to be like yep we got the linebackers coach from the patriots like it might work out gerard mayo might be a great coach he's gotten a lot of interviews but that doesn't seem like something mark davis no. would do so i'd be I'd be guessing it's Jim Harbaugh today. Well, I mean, you and I have talked about it. If it's Jim Harbaugh, I think he could do, I mean, he could do a ton worse. I think oh. Jim Harbaugh is, if you get Jim Harbaugh, I think you've 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 won the day. Yeah. You've more than won the press conference. I think there's some obvious concerns if you give one guy the power as the head coach and de facto general manager. There's obviously concerns with doing that. But resume-wise, you're not, you're not doing, doing much else. Yeah, no. you're not going to do much better than Jim Harbaugh. And Harbaugh's basically won everywhere he's been. Yeah. Grant, Michigan hasn't like won a national title, but it's not like Michigan is going four and eight on right. a regular basis. Like they're winning nine games pretty yeah. much every time. So, like he's he's obviously a good football coach. Right. Like there's no denying Jim Harbaugh's a good football coach, and the Raiders would probably be a pretty good team mm-hmm. with Harbaugh. Now, again, I think the roster limitations prevents them from being a legitimate. Super Bowl contender, but they're probably going to be a good team if they hire Jim Harbaugh. And if you're Mark Davis, you don't know that about anybody else in this coaching search, anyways. Like, well, you no, not if your other, not if your other interviews are coordinators and assistant right. coaches who've you, never done the job, and you're kind of guessing and hoping and taking a chance. Yeah, like you, you just you don't know. You don't know if if Gerard Mayo is is going to work out. I mean, he could. Like Gerard again, Gerard Mayo could be any of these coordinators. Byron Leftwich, any of them could just be awesome coaches right could be a tremendous head coach and it works out very well for him but it's just you don't know as much I mean hell even um Doug Peterson who's who do you interview with the Bears or something like that I can't remember but like Doug Peterson he won a Super Bowl as a head coach with the Eagles I think that's his only head coaching experience so even like if you said hey Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl before 
you still feel way more confident Jim Harbaugh is going to yes. be a good NFL yes. coach than you do Doug Peterson because I mean, Peterson Jim Harbaugh did with the Niners. Right. Yeah. And so I, it's a, to me, I'd have no real issue with Mark Davis hiring Jim Harbaugh. Like if they, if he announced Jim Harbaugh as the head coach, the only criticism I'd possibly have is, are you giving the one guy too much? Yeah, power? you're giving him one too much power. But even that, I think, is a you'd be okay with that. It's a yeah, I think that's a minor criticism given what Jim Harbaugh is as as is as a coach. I mean, when's the last time the Raiders had a good coach? When's the last time they had a coach that you were like, that guy is a good NFL coach? When's the last time they had a coach that another team would want? <laughs> I know what name you're gonna scream, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> like, when's the last time the Raiders had a coach that another NFL team would want? I mean, well, Tampa Bay traded for Gruden. Yeah, I mean, John that's Gruden. It. Yeah. yeah, John Gruden. But the first round of John Gruden, not this Latin, not the right. second round of John Gruden. Like, they if they hired Harbaugh, other teams would be like, damn. Like yeah. every other every other team that's hiring a head coach right now would be like, eh, we're not making the best uh, hire this coaching right. search. Like it's so yeah. I to me it's it'd be a great hire. And again, minor criticism. That's the only thing I can think of is that you give one guy too much power. All right, so put your money where your mouth is. If you had to bet today, you're going all in on Jim Harbaugh? Where were you? We just did this like six no, minutes ago. No, I know, ago. but I'm actually saying all the money in your pocket against all the money in my pocket. I have more money in my pocket, so no, I'm not doing Dang that bad. I was hoping. Well, you both have more than me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that, that's an automatic. I was going to say. I will bet you will all bet the money. I will bet you $1. Yes, I was going to say, I'll Lane bet you Kiffin. all the money in my wallet that he's not going to be the coach, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. All right, coming up next. How come Dave Cobble's not coming back to Vegas? Jalen knows where he stands with us. You know, he knows he's our quarterback. Uh, we, you know, that's how do you know where you stand with a coaching staff? Because you communicate and you talk over and over and over and over again. Uh, I thought he did a great job of getting better throughout the year. And so, yeah, there's no, there's no secrets there. He knows he's our guy. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Is the wordle word tread? Oh, I haven't gone back to it yet. Oh, okay. I'm being a professional That's, and staying no, with the show. No, no. During Actually, the breaks, answered. during the breaks, we need you to shut <laughs> down and just do Wordle. I'm being a professional. During this break, I answer two emails, <laughs> and one of them was, as you know, thanks for reading. <laughs> so you can imagine what the email said to me. I, I still, at some point, need us to get our voice guy to read your emails in dramatic fashion. <laughs> well, have the uh, seven-second delay or the bleep ready. Oh, no, he'll say bleep. <laughs> so the Oakland A's, they're not coming to Vegas. Said they're, this from the outset. They're almost, they're they are getting close to being done in Oakland. There was a planning commission hearing yesterday in Oakland to uh, basically go over their environmental impact report for the A's ballpark in Oakland. Uh, they are recommending that the Oakland City Council approve the environmental impact Reports, uh, they are likely to approve it at a meeting next month. The Oakland City Council would. Now, they would still need a development agreement to be signed with the A's, which is basically lays out all the financials, which is the important part and probably the most complicated part here of this entire situation. Uh, but Dave Cobble yesterday talked after this. The mayor of Oakland, Libby Schaff, talked about this. This sounds like a done deal. Like, they've obviously got some details to figure out here, but this sounds about as done as any deal has ever been as far as a team and a stadium situation. Or Dave getting Cobble a new talked? 
Yeah, he did. Really? Talked after this meeting. Thought that was a great step in the right not direction. Not from here. No, he is not. When's the last time he came to Vegas? Ooh, it's been a while. Weren't we supposed to get like official sites released from yes. the from the A's? <laughs> like we might put a ballpark here, here, or here, and all we got was reports of Tropicana. They're he, gonna put it he on the blinked strip when Steve Sislek said we will use no public tax money for this. He's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Who said that? So I can't use you guys as leverage. <laughs> what about minute. the rental cars? Wait a minute. Um, so yeah. Uh, the A's are going to get their money in Oakland, and they are going to stay in Oakland. What was also interesting, though, is that KTVU in the Bay Area uh, had a poll of Oakland voters. 46% of Oakland voters do not want to spend public money for an A's ballpark. Only 37% do want to spend money for an A's new ballpark. Uh, of those of that group, people that identified as Oakland A's fans, 44% said they're against spending money for a new Oakland A's ballpark. And there's one group that says they should just stay at the Coliseum. Does anyone and what, actually build a new site? Yes. Okay. Well, or maybe just stay there and play <laughs> in the Coliseum. Does anyone actually want the A's? I think Libby Schaff does. She doesn't want to lose another team. Am I wrong when I say 46% against spending money on a ballpark is low? Usually isn't that a high number when, like, we don't want to use tax money for sports? Well, 46% against 37 support it. So there's a there's a group of undecided people in there as okay. well that checked I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, that might be low. I mean, 46%. usually it's a big, like, no, 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 not for a sports team. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it might be low. But it's certainly, like, I'm... How many people want the A's? Let me ask you this. Are the like would you would you want the A's? Like are the A's a good franchise to have? Like if you were getting a new uh team that's moving to your city. Like where do the A's rank among major league baseball well, teams that you would really want like to minor have? leaguers? Right. Like that's like here's the thing the, the thing that's weird about the A's is they've got a great history. Yeah. Like if you're talking about like most World Series 1 or whatever, like they're they're pretty high on the yeah. list. But We've had like two decades here where the A's now granted they've been competitive for the majority part of those two decades, but the A's get good players and then, Oh, they need to get paid. No, thank you. And move they on. trade them. And then they try to do it again with minor leaguers that they call up or guys that are just underpaid based on whatever analytics the A's were ahead of the rest of baseball. I'm like, to me, the way the A's operate, I would hate to have that team here. Like it's literally, it's the exact opposite of the golden Knights. Oh, it is the exact not even opposite. Close. That's where, not even close. Where the where Golden Knights are like, Bill Foley will spend anything and right. do anything to win. Who's good at this sport? Can can we get him? Oh, we're right. already seven million over the cap. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll find a way. We'll trade somebody. Right. We'll just do it and keep people on long term IR. Like it'll be fine. Like it is the exact opposite of the Golden Knights. And while yes, the Golden Knights have traded away a lot of fan favorites, and that's not ideal for fans. It's still an no. incredible front office to have for your favorite team because again. They're always going after better players. They're always trying to make the team better. And you can't say that about a lot of pro sports teams. And you definitely can't say it about the Oakland A's because they're almost, they're always trying to get cheaper is the only thing the Oakland A's are ever trying to do is get cheaper. I mean, as much as they've traded away fan favorites for the Knights, they had 18,000 plus the other night. Right. Yeah. So, oh. they're, they're, you know, fans can say flurry and, Schmidt and all these guys they like, someone's still showing up yeah. because they still get 18,000 people in T-Mobile Arena. They're good. Yeah, they're good. And they, they when they get rid of Nate Schmidt, Ryan Reeves, Marc-Andre Fleury, 
they bring in good players. Like they the, bring in Jack Eichel. Right, the A's get rid of their best players, their fan favorites, and it's like, well, this guy was in Double A last year and hit two eighty four. Yeah. So here he is starting every day for 162 games. When the Golden Knights do it, it's to get Jack Eichel. It's because, oh, uh, yeah, we traded for Alex Petrangelo already, so we just had to get rid of Nate Schmidt. Like, it just it was cost too much. Like, so yeah, you can you can. It's easier to. to to forgive it and develop new favorite players when it's Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo yes, sure. than when it's the guy that was at AAA Las Vegas for the entire year. Like, it's much easier to do. So I just, like, of, of all the teams in Major League Baseball, the A's, to me, have got to be pretty low on the list of teams I would want unless there was some guarantee that they would actually spend money once they moved to your city. Right? Like, and yeah, I don't that, know if I don't, that's... I don't know if that's going to change. Right, I... Does that change? Because part of their argument, part of Dave Cobble's argument for why they want and need a new ballpark is because they're going to start spending money. And I don't believe them. Well, I don't believe him either. Because like you said, they haven't done it for two decades. If he comes here and gets his new ballpark, what would be the onus of changing how they do business? There'd be no, I mean, they've got their ballpark and they want what they want and and they're here. And they'll keep operating the same way they've been operating for two decades in Oakland. Except they'll have higher attendance because... It will be new. It won't be the Coliseum in Oakland yeah. where 45 people right. show It'll be up. be some beautiful ballpark. But so, I, you said from the beginning, and I, I wrote from the beginning that I thought it was leverage. You said from the beginning it's leverage. And more and more now, if he's being quoted up there and it looks like they're going forward with these studies, um, there, has not been a, there has not been a whisper of Vegas for a really long no, time. Not at all. Just that one... Was it a rumor or was it actually reported, the Tropicana site? I don't remember if it was actually reported or not, but just the one I detail. I think Mick Akers wrote about did it. Did he? Okay. I just the one did. detail that the A's were looking at the Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard site. And that, that's, that's been it. Like, and remember, back in September, they told us they were going to give us finalist locations for a stadium in Las Vegas after the World Series. I guess technically it's still after the World Series, but we're still waiting on those finalist right. locations. Haven't happened yet. All right, coming up next, Rob Domofsky joins the show. Whoever calls the offense will install it. Support for the play caller. It's the way I've always done it, that every call on that play sheet he has to believe in because you won't call it. I've worked for some defensive head coaches that once in a while would have a great idea, and, you know, he's your boss, so you, you put it in the plan, and, and I'd run it in the first two plays just to get it to, off the guy. I laugh at that stuff, but I don't try to do that to come. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now, the Packers reporter for ESPN's NFL Nation, Rob Domofsky. Good morning, Rob. Do you think Packers fans miss Mike McCarthy? <laughs> I, you know what? His explanations were always really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the Packers side of this, uh, they're getting Randall Cobb back. How big of a deal is that for a playoff game? Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal for a couple of reasons. One, um, Aaron Rodgers loves the guy, right? I mean, that that's one of the things that Rodgers wanted when he came back to the Packers this summer was, I'll come back, but you got to get Randall Cobb back here. And their GM, Brian Gutekunst, basically said, look, I wouldn't have made this move, you know, if, unless Aaron wanted it. Um, kind of like basically, hey, if this doesn't work out, it's not my fault. And, it, you know, it ended up working out pretty well. Um, especially on third down. Um, he only had 28 catches this year, but 10 of them were third downs that were converted to first downs. And, and that's just the security blanket that, you know, that, that he has with the guy. Now, I think a lot, what happened was what a lot of people thought might happen is that he would, you know, end up not making it through the whole season and wear down. And 
Um, sure enough, you know, in late November he had core muscle surgery and, um, you know, but he is back and, 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 you know, it seems like, again, it's just practice, but it seems like he's ready to go this weekend. Rob, I know you were talking earlier the week uh, on Aaron Rodgers telling his teammates, just focus in, don't do anything you don't usually do, yep. just do it a little sharper uh, against a team that just beat Dallas and has, has had some success against him in the postseason. Do you think that's possible? You know, it's it's interesting because, I mean, they're, they're, you can look at it like this. There's, there's a ton of pressure on these guys. Um, because they've, you know, they've had so much success the last couple of years with Matt, since Matt LaFleur got here, and they haven't reached the Super Bowl. Um, and it's easy to say, hey, you know, you got to treat this, you know, like any other game or any other week. But, you know, ultimately, when if you don't get to the Super Bowl this year, you're going to have three straight 13-win seasons without a Super Bowl, and that's never happened. I mean, teams that have won 39 games – in a three-year stretch, every single one of them in history has gone to the Super Bowl. So, like, you know, there, there's a ton of pressure um, on them, even, you know, whether they're willing to admit it or maybe they don't feel it. Did, is there any reality to just simply playing the 49ers, and that being a team that seemingly always beats the Packers when they meet in the playoffs? Is that a reality, or is it, hey, it's a completely different team outside of, like, Aaron Rodgers for both sides? Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that were here two years ago um, that got blown out in that NFC Championship game in the 2019 season. But there's also a lot of guys, and in fact, all the guys were here this year when the Packers beat them in week three. Now, it took a, a I was going to say a two-minute drive, but really it was a 37-second drive uh, where Rodgers, uh, you know, hit two passes to Devontae Adams in a 37-second span, spiked the ball, and they kicked the game-winning field goal. So, it's you know, it's it, it's it's never been easy against these guys, even when they have won. I, I think the thing is that that what the 49ers t- typically do is one of the Packers' weaknesses, and that's running the ball and stopping the run. And you know, if, if there's a weak spot on this Packers team, it, you know, it it is and it has been really over the last several years their run defense. Is there any chance, short of winning a Super Bowl, and probably even that, that the off season does not come with more drama from Aaron Rodgers about where he's going to play? <laughs> Win or lose a Super Bowl or get to or not get to a Super Bowl, I, I think it's going to be uh, another, you know, I, I drama, sure, that's a good word for it, another um, exhausting offseason, at least until Rodgers makes the decision. Now, I guess the only thing, um, you know, positive in that direction is that he said a couple of weeks ago that he's not going to drag this out and that he's not going to leave people hanging uh, and that he'll come to a decision fairly quickly, which, you know, tells me maybe he already has in his mind. Uh, what that decision is, I have no idea. Um, and, you know, like I tried to predict last offseason whether he would come back here, not come back here, sit out, follow through on his trade requests. And, and it, you know, uh, right up until he showed up, I didn't think he was going to show up. So it, it's so hard to predict, um, you know, but I do think, you know, what happens over the next, you know, several weeks, however long their playoff run is, you know, might be the final deciding factor in what he ends up doing. I don't know. To me, it just feels like the safe bet is that both he and Devontae Adams are playing at least one more season in Green Bay. I mean, obviously, we had an entire seven-month span where, eh, is he going to host Jeopardy or play football? But I don't know. It just feels like the safe bet is that he and Devontae Adams are Packers next year. Sure does seem like a package deal. I mean, you know, the one thing is they, you know, they have more control over Adams probably than they do Rodgers. They can always franchise tag Adams. 
Now their calorie, their salary cap is a freaking mess right now. So there's so much that they'd have to sort out, um, including, you know, redoing Rogers contract, basically doing a contract extension. Even if he only wanted to play one more year, they'd still have to do it to make it, you know, fit and make all the other pieces fit under their salary cap. But, you know, and, and look, here's the thing with Adams is, you know, uh, like he put a lot of, he risked a lot by not taking the contract that, that was offered to him all year. Now he ended up, it would appear he ended up winning the risk or winning the gamble because he didn't get hurt. But if he were to get hurt, you know, in, in these playoffs, I mean, his value goes from, you know, 25 million to basically the league minimum next year. If he's, you know, if he's got a torn ACL or whatever would happen right now. So he took a big risk and there must be a reason that he took that risk. And I would think that the reason is that he wants to play with Aaron Rodgers and doesn't know whether Aaron Rodgers is going to play here or in one of the other, you know, I was going to say 31 other teams, but it would probably be 16 other teams because there's no way the Packers are trading into an NFC team. So it would have to be an AFC spot. Well, the Raiders and Derek Carr are sure he's coming here to reunite the two <laughs> Fresno State Bulldogs. I mean, well, yeah, that, that could be, and and you know, Rogers is allegedly going to Denver, and that's been done for months, right? Yeah. <laughs> Has there been, and it's probably a crazy question, given how devoted they are throughout the whole saga with him with Rogers, was there ever pushback by fans? Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred um, percent. Green Bay is a very provincial place, and people are from here and even the state of Wisconsin um, are very proud of where they're from. And if people don't want to be where they, where they're from, they take it personally. Right. I mean, like, like it was, people were insulted. How could he not want to be here? You know, we're, we're green Bay. We're the Packers. We're, we're, you know, title town USA. And you know what, if he doesn't want to be here, then, you know, fine, get rid of them. There was definitely that segment of, of the population. Now, how, how big of the, was that segment? You know, it, it definitely dwindled uh, at at about uh, I want to say maybe October, November when they realized he was having another MVP season. But after that opening stinker that they played uh, against the Saints uh, in down in Jacksonville, there was plenty of people that were like, "Yep, he doesn't want to be here. We forget him." So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, that is a, that was a thing. It doesn't appear to be a thing right now. Who would you rather have, Debo Samuel or Devontae Adams? <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, in this offense, uh, probably Adams. But if you're running Kyle Shanahan's offense now, you know th- there are some similarities because Matt Lafleur ran, you know, is running a version of the Kyle Shanahan offense, but with not as much movement and pre-snap motion and all that stuff. I mean, what they do with Samuel is uh, it's unlike anything I've really ever seen before at the receiver position. Nick Wagner, our 49ers reporter. Uh, wrote a great story that posted this morning on ESPN.com, and he basically said uh, perhaps the definition of what a number one receiver is now has changed. And, it, and it's really an interesting look at how they use him and and what kind of uh, you know dynamic player he really is. Did they, in the first meeting with the Packers, they weren't really using Debo much as a running back? Not that, game, no, right? not as much. At, no, very rarely. Um, it was a totally different uh, you know, roll. And, and the, the funny thing about that game is they, they had basically no running backs in that game. Um, their number one running back, um, Elijah Mitchell, right? That's the, the, that's the name I believe it's escaping yes. me, but I'm, yes. he did, he did not play in that game and they had only like 60 yards rushing in that game. And, and just, they, they, 
they didn't really even try to run that much in that game with, with anybody. Whether I think Samuel might have had one carry in that game, but I'd have to go back and check the box score. It'll be cold, but any snow, what do you expect? <laughs> cold doesn't even begin to describe it. When I woke up this morning, it was minus two, I think. Oh. I, believe, I believe right now it's warmed up to like three degrees. Um, it actually isn't going to be as cold. Um, tomorrow, I'm sorry, Saturday uh, afternoon. The, the, the afternoon high on Saturday is like 22. Oh, okay. The game doesn't the game doesn't kick off until 7:15 local time here, and by then it's probably going to be about nine or 10 degrees. But look, these two teams played a playoff game, and I think it was 2013 here, and the kickoff temperature was five degrees, and that was on a sunny uh, afternoon game. This is going to be a night game. It's cold, no snow. We've had snow on the ground for like, I don't know, the last two or three weeks, and it, it's so cold that none of it's melted. I mean, it looks just exactly like it did the day uh, the snow fell. So um, the last time I was in Vegas was this summer in July, and it was like 117 degrees. And I tell yeah. you what, I would, tra- I would take 117 <laughs> over one any day of the week. Well, he is Rob Demosky covering the Packers for ESPN. Rob, we appreciate it this morning. All right, guys, take Thanks, care. Rob. Take care. One. Minus two up to three. It's getting warmer. Single digits is pretty brutal. Oh, can't even imagine. By the way, what's up? What, what are you doing in Cincinnati with Adam Hill not wearing a jacket? Yeah, he didn't. Have, well, he just, he had a sweatshirt on. He had a sweatshirt, nice sweatshirt. But we did a video and he didn't want to have the sweatshirt on. So he took the sweatshirt off and he just had a, uh, like a polo. Yeah, like short a polo sleeves. Shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had the big jacket on. And it was what, like 20s? It was in the 20s. It was cold. And he pulled it off to where, you know, there weren't, like, faces being made or shivering. I mean, he actually pulled it off, but uh, I had to park on. I'm like, come on. (laughs) It's like 20 degrees out. Come on. Aren't you glad they didn't go to Buffalo? Oh. I, I wanted to see him with the short sleeves there. All right. Coming up next, what movie did LeBron James go see last night? Yeah, you guys want to quote us all the time. Quote yourself. All right, thank you. I'm going to the movies with my wife, man. I gotta go. No. Rainey and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Is LeBron going to midnight showings? Can he? Does he have to like rent out the theater? Can Can he just walk in? Would he be comfortable? No, seriously. I'm like, I'm. I, exactly, <laughs> theater seats. Maybe well, think about if you had to sit behind him. Right. Yeah, yeah this is not good. He's got to sit on the back row. You're right. He might have to rent out a movie theater. Maybe he's got. The, I mean, not maybe. He's obviously got the, like a theater at home and stuff. Maybe that's what he was talking about. That they were going to go and see a movie and down down the hall. Down the hall. Yeah. I mean, at the movie at the movie <laughs> complex in their in their uh, huge home. Do they have an employee there that serves them popcorn? I look. I wouldn't put anything. Come on, if I could afford it, I'd have a couple employees. So one to give the soda, one giving the milk that's a, a mix in with the popcorn. Why wouldn't you? Am I the only one that feels like he's just sitting there, like Brody, go get the popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't made the league yet. So the Lakers last night lost to the Pacers, one eleven, one oh four. It it was the Pacers' first road win since November twenty second. Uh, Karis Levert scored 22 in the fourth quarter. The Lakers had 24 as a team. And LeBron James there, as you heard, uh, that was in response to questions about Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook did not play the final four minutes of last night's game. The Lakers uh, were down in those final four minutes trying to come back in a close game. 
and Westbrook was benched. Frank Vogel was asked about it, and he said he was playing the guys that I thought were going to win the game. So he doesn't think Russell Westbrook was going to help him win that game in the final four minutes. And LeBron, as you heard there, uh, he answered a few questions about it, but didn't want to keep answering questions right. about it instead of going to the movies right. at whatever, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, whatever time that press conference actually was. I can't help but thinking Lakers are just completely done. Like this yeah. team's not doing apps. They're not doing anything in the playoffs. Westbrook's not any good. No, man. he's just not. Any, he's not good at all. Like we watch almost every game. Well, my son does, and he just screams at the television on West. I mean, he's just not any good. <laughs> like, do you have any hope that ignore the Westbrook part? Do you have any hope that if Anthony Davis comes back, that LeBron James and Anthony Davis is a good enough duo to go from like they're currently the seven seed to even the Western Conference Finals? No, not at all. Yeah, to beat a good team four times. Yeah. And no, and have to do that multiple times. Yeah, if you, I mean, just to get to the conference finals. If, if you're the, if you're the seven seed, which they are right now, you've got to a win a play-in game, right. to get into the playoffs, and then you're playing the one or the two seed, right? Right, you're playing Golden, Golden State, State or Phoenix, Phoenix, you know, or even if you, even if you get up to six, like are they beating the Grizzlies in the series, best of seven, like you got to beat one of those teams, and then. You got to do it again. Like you're going to have to beat a combination of Golden State, Phoenix, Memphis, Denver, like some combination of those four teams. And all four of those teams are better. Like it's not even remotely close at the moment. So I just like, I feel wrong sitting here on January 20th and saying a LeBron James team that could have Anthony Davis too has no chance to win a title, but they, they don't have a chance, to, have win a chance a to win a title. And I, Vogel's not the problem, right? No, they gave him Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing in the last few days about Vogel's getting fired, I'm like, what's that going to prove? Yeah. and What's that going to do? Uh, Chris Hines today had a report that was like, Frank Vogel will not be fired yet. He's going to travel with the team yet. on their up. Uh, yeah, but it's, I, it's, no, it's not Frank Vogel. No. Like, not at all. Like, it's the fact that this team is simply not any good. Like, they're just, they're a bad team. They are, they are 23rd in the league in net rating. They're, they're, they're a negative in net rating this year. They're under 500. They're 22 and 23. Like, how? How's it? How's that team so... How do you have LeBron and you screw up the roster that badly? Or should we blame LeBron yeah. for it? Well, what about at the beginning of the year when they got all these guys? What was the cliche? Oh, you're too old. You're yeah. too old. Has that been proven out? I mean, Anthony Davis gets... He gets hurt breathing. I mean, he... <laughs> he's he is, the young one. Yeah, and he he's <laughs> always hurt. I mean, he, he falls or he trips... <laughs> That's a lot of weight going down on the floor. I mean, he's hurt all the time. You can't trust Anthony Davis at all. <laughs> it's hurt breathing. I mean, he, he he's always hurt. Who is... All right. Who's the next best player on the Lakers? LeBron James, Anthony Davis are one, two. Russell Westbrook certainly thinks he is. But, like, is Talon Horton Tucker the, like, third best player oh, on that man. team? Carmelo? It might be. <laughs> Maybe. What does that say? Let's see. Carmelo is shooting 38% from three this year. It's pretty good. Um, I know. I have him on my fantasy team because <laughs> my fantasy team is a disaster. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's just bizarre that we're sitting here January 20th and like LeBron, LeBron goes to the Lakers. And we're talking about LeBron and the Lakers being just a non-factor in the West. Like LeBron and the Lakers is a team that's going to, what lose a play in series or play in game, I should say, to some terrible team. Like it's 
It's just weird to say I that. I mean, you're talking about Tucker and guys like Malik Monk. Right. I think Malik Monk's shooting good from three this year, too. So I I just I don't know what you do if you're the Lakers. Like, can they make can if can the Lakers even make a significant enough trade at the trade deadline to change the course of their team? I don't think they can make a significant one. I don't know who they'd give up. You're right, by the way, Monk, 41% for hey, three. killing it. Yeah. Right now, I, I was wrong. The Lakers are the eight seed. Right now, the They're Lakers the eight? would play the Timberwolves in play the in? Play in, first play-in game. Winner would get the seven seed. Loser would have to play one more game to try to get in. But, like, yeah, I guess they should probably beat the Timberwolves in a one-off game. But, okay, cool. You get the seven seed, and now you're going to play. Right now, it'd be Golden State. Oh, and Golden State's kind of sucked for the last two or three be weeks. Over that could be five. Yeah. I don't think there's a Yeah. Five would be nice if you yeah. had a Lakers. You get one? Be nice. I just, I don't know. It's bizarre that we're sitting here with the Lakers losing losing at home to a bad Pacers team and blowing a lead against a bad Pacers team. And then Russell Westbrook being like as terrible as he's been, as predictably terrible as he's been. I don't know. I like their best hope is probably that Westbrook suddenly turns it around, but we've got plenty of evidence of Russell Westbrook that he's not going to be good enough in the postseason for the Lakers to do anything.